listening to The Polk Experience. Welcome to The Polk Experience. I'm your host, Kevin Smith. And I'm Jack Cormier. And we're here to talk about the best things in Polk County. And today we're in for a real treat. We've got some ladies from USA Softball, Kat Osterman and Valerie Ariada. And we've been blessed to have them back for a second time. Uh, their tour, of course, got interrupted from the uh, pandemic and on their way to Tokyo. So they have come back for their first training stop uh, on the uh, road back to Tokyo. Yeah, Jack. And, and these ladies have really been working hard this past year in the in the midst of the, all the COVID things that are going on and to come back for 2021 to get ready for, to go represent our country in Tokyo and the Olympics and hopefully bring home a gold medal. And the, I think the one thing I want to say is uh, listening to this interview uh, already is uh, you'll find some real insight into the athletes themselves, uh, the, the sort of the behind the scenes look at them. So uh, their life after softball. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's uh, I mean, really. I mean, baseball players have, you know, extended lifespans and whatnot, but you figure softball, it's that that tiny window and you get a little look into it. Well, without any further hesitation, why don't we get to the interview? So, again, thank you for your time, Valerie and Kat. We appreciate you guys being here. And, and Kat, like I said, you've been here before in this area over the years. And Valerie, with your experience here, this has been quite the whirlwind over the last 12 months for you guys getting ready for the Olympics, right? Uh, it has. I mean, um, you know, we were on a course and we thought things were good and then March hit. And um, I think when we went home, a couple of us thought it might be a few weeks, maybe a month or two at the max. And then all of a sudden, 299 days later, we finally get back together. So um, it's been a whirlwind, but, you know, I think the best thing through it all is that we've kind of stuck together, whether it was Zoom calls or just checking in via text and phone calls. Um, we've all stuck together and, and are riding it out the best we can. Do you feel like there's going to be, uh, and this is for uh, either of you, <clears throat> excuse me, do you feel like there's going to be an advantage uh, for this team where there's a little more time to to get that chemistry back? Uh, you talked about the long layoff, but now there's going to be some time. So this is like the tour, you know, started in Polk County last year in January and uh, tour 2.0, uh, if you will, uh, this past, uh, you know, the last couple of weeks. But do you think there's enough time to get that chemistry back uh, before the Tokyo games start? Yeah, I don't think we ever lost any chemistry. You know, when we met up uh, in Polk County this last time, it felt like we didn't skip a beat and we just started uh, playing together like it was, you know, last year. But yeah, I think we have kind of taken that mindset on of using this extended year of training to just get better and use every single day in our advantage. Um, not only just to get to know each other, but um, we're doing a lot of training on our own as well. So um, trusting each other and knowing that we're all putting in that work more on our own. So when we do get together as a team, um, like I said, we're not skipping a beat at all. So it was really nice to get together again on the field and um, just to see each other's faces again. But there's been so much has lost and devastation. So, you know, trying to see the positive side of things is at least um, for now, things are just postponed and not canceled. So um, everyone's life has just been flipped down. So the, we're just grateful to and, and then play softball and, and do what we love, inspire the people watching from their home or wherever they're at. Yeah, yeah. And imagine that that's got to be a good feeling. And I was asking Chris this before we started, and uh, I guess it was yesterday that the IOC made the uh, determination and made the commitment that the Olympics are going to, they're going to happen, right? So 
how does that change everything for you? I mean, now that you know, it's, you know, it's go time for real now. What, what, what does that feel like? Um, I don't know that it changes much. It's just more reassuring, especially after the, the rumor mill went around for all of us. But I think when they came out back in April and said it was just a year delayed, we kind of just put another date on the calendar and started working towards that, even if it was individually. So um, I know when we got together in January, there was no question in our minds um, that, you know, this was our, our go time. It was time to get back together and start really preparing. So um, don't know how much it changes things, but it is a good reassurance that they're going to do everything possible to make um, the games go and give athletes the opportunity to, to showcase what they've been working hard for. I mean, I think there's not just us, but a lot of athletes out there that are, are, are going through the grind and the unknown grind, um, you know, that are just waiting for the finish line or at least waiting for the start, just light the torch and we'll all know everything's good after that point. Sure. Sure. Um, you know, have, have you, you've been to Tokyo, I'm assuming and played in the past, right? I think that were you played in Japan for a while. Yeah. I played professionally there for two years. So, and with USA softball, we've been there a million times. It feels like, so we're all pretty familiar with it and they're so welcoming. They're great hosts. Um, so, you know, hopefully we do, um, just an exciting atmosphere with the fans and it's always packed. Um, so just to have that atmosphere to support us is amazing. And, you know, the last Olympics for softball was in 2008. Kat, Kat knows she was there. And um, that's why it's even more special for us. And, and Tokyo was for it. So we're really excited to showcase softball again and just to have um, be role models for the youth of softball to be able to kind of dream of that Olympic, that Olympic dream again and, and be able to um, see us do it and put on a good show. Kat, you were talking about that reassurance. Um, I know there was probably a point for all of you, really, where you thought, you know, these games may not happen. And the cycle, the Olympic cycle, is a lot longer than, you know, a normal season or, or things like that. Uh, what would that uh, potential loss or what did the potential loss of the games feel like? And, and ha- now that you've been able to save or that opportunity has been saved, what, what was that moment where like, okay, reset, we're going to go? Because uh, you do, all of you put so much into it. I just can't imagine what that emotion was. Well, I mean, I think, first and foremost, there's just like a, um, you know, there's obviously a shock when, when the news got hit that it was postponed or that, you know, for the time being it was canceled um, because so many of us had put things on hold or, you know, Valerie has been in the program since, my generation of people walked away in 2010 and she's stuck with it for this opportunity. And, you know, I unretired for this opportunity. So it's like, there's been a lot and it's not just one year. And I think a lot of people don't necessarily put that into perspective of how many years go into this dream for a lot of people, not just softball players. And um, so when it got postponed, it was a shock, you know, obviously I think all of us just kind of sat and was like, what's next. Um, You know, I have a family. So my husband and I looked at my husband and I'm like, what am I going to do now? Um, you know, I'd already decided to step away from my job. And it was like, if this gets postponed and or canceled, like I don't have a plan in place. I thought I had time to make a plan. And so, um, you know, there was just a lot of unknown, but I think we all had to figure out what grounds us and rely on that. And so for me, like I said, I had a family, um, just relied on them and figured out, you know, piece by piece as time went on. And then once we got the reassurance that are not reassurance necessarily, but that they said it was just going to be a year, um, you know, as a team, I think we talked about it and we're like, all right, you know, we have a little time to relax here and then we'll get back together and get grinding. And, um, but just recently, obviously hearing that just that they're going to do everything they can to, to make sure the games go on is, you know, we know that there's, there's a light, it may be far down the tunnel, but there's a light. Yeah. Well, you know, 
one of the things that I know is close to both of you is, is teaching the game of softball to, to youth. Um, how do you, how do you think that being able to, you know, come and travel around the country, especially now. And, and, you know, we just had a whole bunch of stuff going on. We've got, uh, you know, COVID going on that the, the young ladies that are playing the game now, how does this help them in growth? Um, especially on the youth development side, what, what is it that you want to, to teach them out of all of this, this moment? Yeah, I think there was no coincidence that before kind of our tour got on hold that our tour was called the Stand Besider Tour. And, you know, it wasn't just Stand Beside us as players and um, just females and just, you know, our country in general, but it was by those, you know, youth softball players as well. And I don't think our mindset has changed on that. Um, Just wanting to support them as much as possible. And when we do have the opportunity to come together and play um, like we did this last month, um, they're able to watch us and get inspired again and, and continue to have that hope back because um, a lot of them um, aren't able to get on the field right now. Um, so when they are able to get back on, hopefully they're just as inspired and motivated. Um, and that's kind of what I've taken on of like, I'm going to continue to work and move and um, hopefully that inspires us to do something. Um, just getting to be able to go to these different communities and meet different softball players and just people in general um, is inspiring to me as well to hear their stories. So like I said, hopefully we can just show them that we're continuing on and, and that will give them the hope and to continue on um, in softball and just, you know, and whatever else they have in life as well. You know, I, I think that that's a, that's a great point. And, and you guys have been such ambassadors for the sport of softball for so many, so many years. Um, just because you have been out there in front of are these crowds, and I'm not calling you old, please don't, don't take it that way. Um, but I, I just think that what you've done as, as a guidance for, for softball and for youth development uh, over the years and your commitment to it has been fantastic um, from the, uh, the growth of the sport in general. And I know both of you have a lot of international playtime uh, over the years, the WBSC and some other things like that. And I've been fortunate enough to be with Chris in several destinations overseas um, and watch the game grow in, in other countries. I think we were in what Lithuania last year, which by the way, is like the coldest place in the face of the earth. Um, but to watch the sport grow in those countries, uh, that's got to be something that you, you look at and say, we were part of that. Is that kind of what you're, you're looking at as well? I mean, yeah, I think so. I mean, I've been around to where the games changed quite a bit. I mean, 04 and 08, not that this team or our teams didn't put in a lot of hard work, but um, the competition has grown around the globe ever since then. And I think obviously the ending of 08 showed that. Um, and so to see the the improvement of every country since then, is it's just a huge eye opener. Um, I was away from the international game for a significant amount of time. So to see the other countries, not just have teams, but have competitive teams, um, has been amazing. And to know that, you know, they obviously want to be able to compete with and against us. And, um, you know, some of us have gone abroad and done clinics and such. I personally am not, but to see the growth of that, um, it's huge. It's huge for our sport. Um, especially if at any point in time we get a chance to possibly be on the permanent docket for the Olympics, um, any, any country that can grow in the game of softball is going to be huge in that push as well. I think also yeah. USA, sorry, go ahead. No, please, please. Yeah, I was going to say also USA Softball, just as an organization, I think has done a really good job of, um, you know, going to different places to grow the sport, not just with our team, but all the other teams that the program has and um, just in all different avenues. Um, we have a lot of people working with us and 
Um, a lot of times their work goes unseen. They just see us on the field, but there's so much that goes on behind the scenes um, to get this done, to spread softball to different countries. Um, and then hopefully, obviously, like Kat was saying, to get us on the Olympic docket um, permanently. Yeah, and I was just going to say to to go along with that same point that uh, bringing it back to Polk County and Lakeland and, and last year uh, starting off the, the tour here in Polk County, uh, this area has been such a hotbed for, for softball over the years, whether it's at the high school level with a bunch of state championships from our schools uh, or the competitive travel ball. Uh, so it made a lot of sense for USA softball to come here, but as you continue to extend that brand, but you look at the facility at Florida Southern College, uh, now having been there two years in a row, uh, nobody expected that, but having been there two years in a row in the facilities and, and just talk about um, the great experience, at least I've heard uh, the great experience that uh, the, the team uh, had here in kicking off their tours over the last two years. This year was a little bit different, uh, being that it was more of a bubble uh, climate than last year when we were able to host the community. But uh, obviously we see the differences there, but just talk about uh, the facilities at, at Florida Southern College and, and last year, how the community really embraced uh, this team getting ready to go to Tokyo. I think, I mean, Florida's always received us well, and it's been um, great to always be able to know that at some point in time, um, our tour goes through Florida, whether it's kicking it off or not. Um, and, you know, Polk County specifically has been warm welcoming to us the last two years, and we enjoy being able to just have a consistent training spot, have kind of some consistency as we train. Um, I think a lot of times that's the one overlooked thing I feel like female athletes deal with is constant inconsistency as we travel around everywhere. and. Um, just, you know, have to use different facilities where a lot of men athletes, like there's weight rooms at every football arena, every baseball arena, you name it. So for us, we find ways to piece everything together, but it's been really nice the last two years to kick off and have some consistency um, and just have you guys support that. Um, you know, the community was great last year when we were able to have people, but even this year we were able to get some really good work in that we needed um, and be able to focus and have a, a good facility to do it at. Um, you know, it's one thing when someone's just like, here's a facility, but one that, you know, is good and is solid and allows us to do everything we need to do. Um, it's sometimes hard to find. So it's been great. Great. Well, you know, I'm going to I'm going to change gears just a tad because because I can. Um, I've got the control here, so I'm, I'm going to change <laughs> gears just a little bit. Um, let's talk a little bit about after softball a little bit. Um, Valerie, I understand you have a website, the Integrated Vault and. Tell us a little bit about that. And then Kat, I understand you just got a real estate license. So I definitely want to talk about that. So uh, let's start with Valerie. Tell me a little bit about the integrated vault. Yeah, thanks for asking. I, uh, I think I started it kind of in our conversation before is to help young athletes, not only in the game of softball, but in life in general and all the things that are thrown at them at such a young age. Um, I felt like, you know, having resources to help them um, was a good option. And while I was staying at home during COVID and we were, um, all stuck inside, um, this kind of came to light and I started, uh, the integrated vault. Um, and it's all about mental game and how you use your mind to, um, continue to compete at the highest level or get to high performance. Um, and then all the other things in between about just taking yourself, nutrition, workouts. So kind of a training the whole athlete type of mindset. But, um, I think there's so much that just you deal with as a, a person in general, um, you're always seen as this athlete that, you know, just get on the field and perform. And that is just keeping it simple, but there's so much more to it. Um, the time we spend as Olympic athletes is 
um, a lot. So there's a lot to go on and um, we're expected to be experts at everything and that's just not realistic. So I'm hoping to just to give like good resources and be, be someone to support them during you in softball and then after as well, if they choose not to play or play. Um, but yeah, it's been really fun. It's been um, interesting to see the different side of like business and how everything kind of comes together. So I've really enjoyed it and hopefully to continue that after uh, the Olympics as well. Fantastic. And Kat, real estate, Texas, the big state. <laughs> it is. It's very big. Um, well, my husband's had his for a little while and, um, you know, I have loved what Southwell's given me. Um, I always thought my dream job was coaching. I've done that in the college game for 12 years. And, um, if one, if playing again taught me one thing, it was just that I let the yellow ball run, run my life more than I really wanted to. So I wanted to find an avenue that was not softball related, but still gave me, um, some freedom to, you know, put in camps and clinics if I want or whatever I want to do when I'm done as far as the game goes and, um, just have my husband in real estate. It made sense. I talked to him about it. Um, and he was like, if you know, you're getting obviously more comfortable just talking to people. Cause that used to be my big thing. Like I didn't know new people. Um, but I've, I've slowly gotten better. I remember those days. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I just kind of was like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to do something different and jump right in and, um, got my license in November. I've learned that drumming up clients is a little harder than you think, but, um, every, everyone's like, Oh, maybe in eight to 10 months. I'm like, is there going to be an influx of people in eight to 10 months or what? Um, but it's, uh, it's just a new realm. And I'm super excited that, you know, once I'm done playing that I have an avenue now that I can explore and hopefully, um, find success in as well. Yeah, you will. And it, it, it's, it's, you'll do fine in it. Real estate is a, is a great business. Cookies, chocolate chip cookies. Something about having them at the open houses. People love the chocolate chip cookies. I'll remember that. Yeah. <laughs> so, Chris, uh, since you've been really quiet over there, um, let me ask you a little bit about what's next. What What are these ladies going to be doing next, and and where are you going, and what's the rest of the summer look like all the way to run up to uh, to Tokyo? Yeah, well, we we do have uh, they've got a, a calendar of of, of dates that uh, we've asked them to reserve right now. Obviously, with COVID, we're 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 slow playing things as we hope that, you know, uh, the vaccine and the virus start slowly disappearing. But uh, our next step is is we're going to be in Dallas, Texas, for a two week training uh, here starting on February first, and um, so that's their next deal is is to to get back together and 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 continue to work uh, with with um, you know their eye on the prize you know later this summer. So um, that's the next step, but. Um, uh, you'll see more as as the summer goes along or as the spring comes along and we we do get things nailed down uh, a lot of stuff is still uh, still in play and um can't really talk about some of that stuff right now but um you know we plan to get together basically every month until um we're together basically full-time starting in june uh until the, the end of the olympics uh even the the four or five days off that that uh, they have on their calendar at the end of june uh, and July is, you know, we're even holding that, asking them to hold that just in case quarantine comes into play for Tokyo or anything like that. So, um, but a lot of, a lot of things are in motion and, um, you know, just trying to provide them as many opportunities as we can to, to get together to train and, and then, um, you know, finding that competition uh, to, so that they're ready to go. Fantastic. Fantastic. Ladies, I have one last question, unless Neil has anything. I just, I'm curious because you guys are on the road so much and you've been together so long and you've been doing this. 
Is there anything that you take from your home to remind you of home that keeps you grounded? A teddy bear or a blanket, anything along those lines? It, it's funny you say that because we just did a team, um, I guess, um, activity. What it was, it was kind of like a show and tell thing just to have people get to know us more and like not on the field. Um, but mine was, I do have a stuffed animal that I've had um, since I was born. So I bring him everywhere. It just kind of reminds me of home. It keeps me comfort, gives me comfort. Um, but yeah, that's mine. <laughs> yeah, I have, well, I have a, um, an American flag. It's a mini American flag that's folded up that a former player of mine who I've known since she was 10, um, her dad served and she carried it in her backpack when her dad was overseas serving. And then her family decided to give it to me as I went on this journey now that he's home and retired from the army. Um, but I carry that just as a reminder, um, that what we do is, is bigger than just us and even our immediate families. But when it comes to my immediate family at home, usually, um, my stepdaughter slips notes, homemade bookmarks, you name it in my bags. Um, and so that's always fun to find. And then I usually always have a picture of them. Um, we have a binder coach Erickson gave us a while back that I, that I keep in my backpack and there's usually pictures of them in the back of that. So thankfully we were only gone for about two weeks this last time. So homesickness didn't right. begin yet. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, great. Kev, Kevin, I do have uh, one question for, for both of them and then a question for Chris, but uh, I, I guess I'll, I'll start with Kat uh, first, but same question for you, uh, Valerie. Uh, what does it mean to represent your country? I mean, that's got to be, you make unbelievable sacrifices, but in that sacrifice, obviously gold medal and, and, and all those things, but representing the United States, what does that mean to you? Kat, I'll start with you. I mean, it's the highest honor we can have. I think you start playing this game and not everyone starts playing this game with an Olympic dream. You just happen to love the game and get better and better at it. But then the second you get told you have the opportunity to put USA on your chest, it just has a whole different meaning. Um, I'm fortunate. I semi grew up in this organization, started at 18 and had and learned the way and the traditions. And, you know, it was something that walking away from it in 2010 was hard, but wasn't even a second thought in coming back because it's just something that I've cherished. And to know that when you go overseas, you're representing so many people, but also, you know, in the sport in general, so many little girls that have eyes on you that, that want this opportunity at some point. Great. Valerie? Yeah, sometimes I have to pinch myself and like, I am so fortunate that I get to wear USA across my chest and I'm one of 18 players that, that get that opportunity this year. So um, it's kind of surreal. And every single child that I've had, it's like, I get that same and, and just, pride um, every single time. So, um, you know, I think there's no better feeling when we're, you know, out there and having the gold medal around our neck and hearing the national anthem play. And I can't wait to do it on the Olympic stage. Um, also, I'm just so proud and, and excited to represent so many different people. Fantastic. And Chris, along those lines, uh, obviously the keeping this all together from an organizational side, uh, it's tough in a normal cycle. It's even tougher uh, with COVID-19 and, and ensuring that they have the opportunity to, to represent uh, the U.S. the way that they do so, so greatly. So what kind of, how has it been to try to, uh, as an organization, hold this thing together? And I'm assuming that it's more important than ever to have great partners that uh, assist through this process. No, I, I think that's that's one of the you know the the clear the clear thing is it's it's great to have great partners. Uh, obviously, there's there's a lot of people out there that we can call on 
um, to help support us. Uh, you know, Polk County has, has been there in years past, so it's easy to have conversations with with uh, with you guys in, in those situations. But um, it, it's no easy task, um, and it's not easy on them either. Um, they can tell you that. I, you know, um, late last year, that you know, the one thing they needed more than anything was, hey, Chris, we need a calendar. Just give us something. Um, and, and the conversations we've had have been, look, we, you know, at, because we're, we're hoping things open up, you know, we, we don't want to get beyond 60 days at any given time. Um, so we try to just, we try to give them that. And then, you know, we have conversations about after every, every practice. And then we have, um, you know, we'll have a call on Monday night to talk about our next, our next two weeks, uh, for, for Dallas and give them more detail. Um, but, uh, that's that's probably been the hardest thing is, is we want to try to make sure that that what we're doing is, is uh, going to benefit them. Uh, there's a lot of people that we you know, Coach Erickson, unfortunately, is not able to, to, to be with us at full time uh, right now. So uh, but we still work everything through him. He's our head coach. Um, he's, he's putting together these practice plans and things like that. And, uh, you know, it is it is slower than we want it to be. But, um, you know, we're we're sure that, that uh, they're getting what they need, hopefully. Um, and even, you know, our conversation was, last, you know, the last two weeks was, uh, even though something may change tomorrow, give us the information that's available today. And I think that that helped. Um, I think we all learned a lot about communication the last two weeks while we were, we were back down there because um, we haven't been together in 10 months, you know. Uh, they may have come back together on a field and, and didn't miss, miss a beat, but uh, again, we hadn't been on the road as a family for, for 10 months. So, um, you know, there was, you know, what did we miss, you know, and, and I guarantee you, we probably, I probably missed some stuff. So, um, but that's, that's the biggest thing. It's, it's, it's not easy, but, uh, you know, we're pushing through, we've, we've got things rolling for, for March and April and, and, um, you know, we're having conversations about May. So, um, things are coming together. It's just not as quick as it was last year when we started, when we had, you know, January through through July, all mapped out and ready to go. Flights booked for a lot of places well in advance. Um, so, but uh, it's coming along. Well, we certainly want to go ahead and uh, jump ahead of anyone else. So when the team comes back with the gold medal, uh, we'll have that celebration or, or one of many celebrations right here right. in Polk County. So go okay. ahead. It's an invite. Okay. Pencil us in. That's right. Okay. Pencil us in. Just, just for reference, this is Jack Cormier. Jack is uh, usually the, the gentleman that's on these uh, podcasts with me. And Jack is just making fun of the fact that you probably had to roll your pant leg up and, and hitchhike home off of I-4. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> it would have been quicker. It, it probably would have been. Yeah. I've seen your legs, Ed. It probably yeah. would have been. Um, see, see, this is why we get in trouble, ladies. We, we're not allowed <laughs> and, to. And this is why they don't normally invite me, so I don't hear this stuff. <laughs> Actually, yeah, yeah. That, Neil, Neil is the control, so... Uh, <laughs> so, well, we want to be respectful of your time, and, and we do appreciate the time that you've spent with us today. Um, Kat and Valerie, we, we wish you the best of luck uh, on your way to Tokyo. Uh, we will be praying for the entire team and your safety, and uh, bring home the gold, lady. Thank you. Thank Thanks, you. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Absolutely. Good luck. Thank you. All right. Thank you for joining yeah. us on the Polk Experience.